Spalding, this calls for the old Billy Baru. Welcome to episode 10 of the Conquer Golf Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we have seen things like that before, that Ryder Cup. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing for the American squad, but we do have a jam-packed episode. We've got a couple of special guests. Uh, Martin Hardenberger is a golf writer from Sweden, uh, bringing his unique perspective to the, to the Ryder Cup matches. Uh, Martin and I go way back, but he's from college. And uh, he's since moved home and uh, started writing for Expressin. So we'll get a chance to talk with him. And then we will also be chatting with Richard Sheridan, who's a teaching professional at the Olympic Club. Uh, Richard's been all over the globe, and he's originally from England. So he will be bringing his experience as well, and uh, it should be should be a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll jump right into it and uh, get in with, with our conversation with Martin first. All right, so... We're on, Martin. Martin, can you uh, hear us okay? I can hear you. Okay, beautiful. Uh, thanks for joining us. Are you, uh, are you over your Ryder, Ryder Cup hangover yet, or what's <laughs> going on back there? <laughs> I think that'll take a while. Um, there's been quite a lot of celebrations over here. Yeah, I, I bet. Um, you know, we, we had tried chatting a bit before the Ryder Cup, and Kevin and I were both uh, a bit concerned that we might stomp you guys out, and uh, the tides turned a bit very quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what What was sort of the most surprising thing for you, Martin? I mean, when I arrived there and uh, had the first look at the course, I kind of realized that it would be a, a closer closer game than what I first thought, but I didn't think that um, Europe was going to win. The course was really narrow and uh, after seeing how the americans drove the ball uh, i realized that we might have a chance here yeah yeah i think that was definitely something that kevin and i didn't pay much respect to was the the course setup and i how mean we didn't know rough was going to be it was like <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> like crazy us open rough crazy US, yeah. not not us open rough crazy not us recent, open rough it was like old like 2001 yeah. us open rough right yeah, yeah. it yeah. was Pretty yeah. devastating. Which I think yeah, it was wild. I almost got lost, lost in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I think that's a testament to uh, Thomas Bjorn and you know whoever helped him sort of set up the golf course because they were talking a bit about it on Golf Channel about how the the European team really uh, was was much straighter drivers of the golf ball than the American team. And obviously, the the course setup played uh, right into that. Um, what what did you make of Tiger going zero and four, Martin? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to begin with, I was really surprised that he was paired with uh, Patrick Reed. I mean, two super egos uh, playing together. I just didn't find there to be uh, room for both of them in the same group. Yeah. So, um, I was surprised about that uh, from a psychological point of view. It'd be, kind of be like you and I getting right. paired together. You know, two super <laughs> egos, not enough room to uh, 
<laughs> the grip. Uh, I'm sorry, I cut you yeah, off, Martin. I mean, there was no space for Patrick Reed to be Captain America, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Kevin was also commenting, you know, you can reiterate this, Kevin, just about Tiger is now... He doesn't... I mean, certainly maybe he's just tired this past week, right? Because he's played a lot of golf in the last couple months. But, like, he just didn't seem to have the energy that he he often brings to an event. He was extremely, like, stoic and serious. Um, No smiling. Like, like he was very stern all week, it seemed like. And Patrick Reed's more fiery. Like, I yell at crowds. And it just seemed like, like Patrick Reed wants to feed off energy and Tiger wants to, like, intimidate with seriousness. And it seemed like, I don't know, very different energies. I don't know. It was strange. If you're... And then you should have seen him at the press conference afterwards. I mean, Tiger, he, uh, he looked like he was at the ceremony um, for a... Funeral. Uh, a funeral? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Huh? A he funeral, looked... you're saying? Uh, yeah, a funeral. I'm sorry. He no, that's it. For the funeral and that he would never smile again. <laughs> I... <laughs> never again. Never smile again. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know. If I'm Tiger, I, I feel like it's it's bad enough that I have to get paired with Patrick Reed, uh, but then to also get drummed in uh, four different matches. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bummer. Right. Have you seen yeah. any of the the rhetoric after the event that Patrick Reed and his wife have instigated about the 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 cup? Yeah, and it was quite surprising because. When I went to uh, that press conference I just told you about afterwards, everybody but Patrick Reed uh, seemed to support Jim Turek. And then a few hours later, that article was uh, published in New York Times, and he was just going wild, uh, criticizing Turek and criticizing Spieth and and uh, a lot of other guys too. So I was quite surprised. Yeah. Kevin and I are both like shaking our heads, like trying to figure out what Patrick Reed thinks he's going to get out of this publicity or i mean just for starters what is he thinking like what 20 he's he's not 30 yet is he He can't be 30 yet i don't think but like what what 20 or 30 something year old player gets paired up with tiger woods and gripes about the pairing after the fact (laughs) like just Shut up and play golf, dude. <laughs> like you shot like a hundred and seven in the four four ball in the, on Saturday afternoon. Like <laughs> you know, like this is not because you got a crappy pairing, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was uh, really disappointing. I felt but like then you must you, you must also add into the explanation that they played against maybe well, it was Europe's best pairing with a Molinari and Fleetwood, and uh, I mean it it would take some. Really, really, really special golf to beat those guys. Uh, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, no, no question. Uh, that's a heck of a pairing. I mean, especially on that golf course, you've got two guys that are fantastic ball strikers, and I mean, I, I don't think playing it, well. They're yeah. both in form, driving it well. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood. I don't. I, I didn't see him miss a putt. Uh, no. He was. Uh, He's making everything, which was quite frustrating. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, what uh, it, it was it was a great tournament though. I, I you know kind of when we chatted last week, Martin, I was kind of saying that I was hoping that it was going to be close. 
Um, and it sort of adds to the intrigue of the tournament, I think, that the, the Europeans were able to, to uh, overtake the Americans um, in such a eh, dramatic, like, or I should say more emphatic victory. Yeah, it was domination. Yeah, it was a complete domination. Um, oh. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty funny because, you know, every, every time this happens to the Americans, there's like some sort of grand inquisition into, oh, what can be done for the Americans to solve the riddle of the Ryder Cup? And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I imagine the Europeans must just be like laughing at this whole thing. Well, just the name task force, I think, more than everybody was laughing at here. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty funny. I mean... How, all right, how come, how come Europeans are, the European team is so dominant on that soil? Um, like, what is it? Six, seven Street well, Ryder Cups now? We play with a... I mean, I think that these guys play as a team. Uh, that's... I think it's the biggest thing, uh, except for the course layout. And I mean, they were all, they look like a big old family. While as, uh, on the American team, I think there's only three guys that I would like to have uh, on our team, and that would be uh, Ricky Fowler and Jordan and Justin Thomas, maybe, just because they're nice guys. The other guys, they're, they're just, they're just playing too much on their own. Yeah. That's that, interesting. That, that is interesting. Um... I could, I mean, I could certainly appreciate why you'd want to have Ricky and JT and, and Jordan on your, your Ryder Cup team. Um, but that's all we got, all right, Martin? So, no, you, you can't claim those <laughs> as yours. <laughs> Would have been 28 to nothing or something <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. I, no, but you see, even, even if he wasn't in his best form, Jordan Speed, for example, he still brought, you know, friendliness and, and warmth to the team, which let's say Tiger, he wasn't much of a friend, was he? Yeah. I also, yeah. You got to wonder, though. I, I really feel like that the pairing can kind of take the wind out of your sails when you have a, a bad apple like Patrick Reed and yeah. and it starts going sideways and here you go, you get this guy who, yeah, you know, after the fact, he's uh, complaining that he didn't get paired with Jordan Spieth because Jordan... Jordan didn't want to play with me. Yeah. It's like, dude, <laughs> shut up, dude. Like, he wanted to play with his best childhood buddy <laughs> in the Ryder Cup. Like, yeah. you can't blame him for that. And, oh, by the way, your consolation prize was you got to play with the best player of all time. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, I just, uh, I would like to see the American team have, you, you know how that we've, like, adjusted, and I, the European team has done this as well, but adjusted, adjusted captain's picks... Uh, to be able to have more captain selections, I would like to have one captain selection where you cut a guy from the team who's qualified. <laughs> Ooh. You said, sorry. Yeah, I wonder how that guy would feel. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> no, you, you, no, you can't play in the big event of golf because you're not a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, the Americans might need like two or three of those uh, cut selections, <laughs> but I, I just, uh, man, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of frustrating. It, it seems so like blatantly obvious to me that we just have yeah. like a couple guys that just, for whatever reason, aren't aren't kind of on board with with the uh, the routine, if you will, or the the comp, you know the spirit of the competition and, and enthusiastic about it. I don't I don't know, or, or or they're only enthusiastic about it when they win. I I don't know. It's like 
you know, it's, yeah. if it's not going your way, you, you've got to, uh, you know, you got to like keep enjoying yourself and, and like like you're saying, Martin, bring that uh, proverbial warmth to the team. Well, I mean, let, let's have a look at Dustin and Brooks. I mean, it looks like they don't care at all. Well, I mean, if that's they, yeah. yeah, that's kind of They're their mo's as golfers. They're known as being like you know sleepwalkers through golf rounds but i was excited for the new guard i thought the u.s would the younger kids would have a lot more energy in jordan and um justin brings it but then the more i think about it like dustin brooks and even ricky they're going to be on the team for the next 15 years it seems like and all of them are very i know ricky's like the nicest guy ever but like as far as energy on the course goes he's pretty mellow too like we don't have many fiery guys, um, and it seems like it seems like that helps. I, I in a weird way, and I'm not the biggest on like I'm more on performance than like morale. But you know, when you got a couple of those guys out there that can really get things going, like your Polters and yeah, your John Roms and stuff yeah. that that are loud and boisterous and and get fired up, it kind of really does send energy through everyone especially when you're on home soil right and you're rallying a crowd yeah. around you but i think it, it's probably all that much more valuable when you're you're a, having a road game and if you're like just kind of super mellow all the time and you know not too bad you know yeah. <laughs> it's like uh yeah it's probably hard to get your teammates very excited uh but by the way, do you think uh, Ian Poulter has a bruise in his chest? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Jordan Spieth probably also has a bruise on his chest from the uh, that one match on Saturday yeah, afternoon or whenever that was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, I thought that was pretty funny. But that that I like would love to see more of that from the American team. But yes, I. Uh, the, the, how, let's touch on the captains' picks for Europe really quick. Yeah, I was, I was very much questioning them coming in right yeah uh, i think you were too yeah. but um pretty good and like you they said he, well, huh? well you called it you said he need they were no-brainers because he had to go with experience which i was more inclined to go with form at the time but um yeah they did excellent right mm -hmm. um paul casey had a great week um ian poulter kind of always has a great week and kind of expected that um i think sergio held his own i, I don't know his exact record um, uh, he was fine though. But yeah, yeah it, it was like he played like Sergio. He didn't yeah. play like Sergio 2018 Sergio. He played yeah. like, like he well, always does, yeah. and he he stepped it up and gamed up. So Man, we can't we yeah. can't leave yeah, out the Swede, uh, Henrik. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. Uh, he did set the record for most points ever in Sergio. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of Stenson's performance, Martin? We got to ask you since you're the our resident Swede. Uh, well, he won all his, all his uh, three games, so uh, I mean, not much to complain about there. And completely stomped Baba on the last day, so I mean, he must be really happy uh, with what he performed. Uh, and also, he brought his family, and there was a lot of talk about that and how they enjoyed this together. Uh, you know, he's got three kids and a wife. They're walking inside the ropes. It was pretty cool to see, actually. Yeah, one yeah. of the highlights of his career, I think. There yeah. two putts he made, too, on, on um, Saturday night uh, that kept uh, Europe's lead to 10-6. Those were huge. I think 9-7 um, lead, um, which it could have been instead, 
uh, that we would have seen a completely different story on Sunday. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I noticed Martin before we jump in the call that you also uh, it looked like you wrote a piece about another Scandinavian uh, on the team, Alexander Norin. Is that true? My Swedish isn't yeah. too good. Can you kind of give me just a synopsis of uh, what you were writing about there? I was trying to Google Translate, but I don't want to butcher your story. <laughs> well, he was uh, very happy about making that last putt. Um, I mean, in the game against the Bryson DeChambeau there on the Sunday. Yep. Uh, and afterwards, he, he was kind of speaking about how this week had made him feel both the best and the worst he's ever felt on the golf course. <laughs> so that was kind of the, the, you know, the story that he was extremely nervous and then and also making that putt on the last hole meant the world to him. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Best and worst he's felt on the golf course. Yeah, yeah I could appreciate that, I bet. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think, Marn? We only got another minute or so before we got to run, but uh, and I don't want to keep you much longer, anyways. But uh, any any parting advice for the American Ryder Cup side? Well, they definitely have to uh, make up some songs. I think the entire <laughs> continent of Europe has been singing Molly Marinari and and Tommy Tommy Fleetwood for the last I don't know fifty hours or so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we could we could use some songs. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll we'll come up with some songs that we could adopt mm-hmm. on the U.S. side. Yeah. I, I I was sure, Martin, that you were going to say, "Keep doing what you guys are doing. It's working great." <laughs> <laughs> well, that I take for granted. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know what is it? It's going to be twenty nine years until uh, you have the next chance to win on European soil. Yeah, prob- probably something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Martin, before we let you go, can you share, uh, you want to share like your blog or anything like that where people can find your pieces and they can, uh, you know, if they're in Swedish, they can either read in Swedish if they're smart enough to know Swedish or uh, they can try and translate. Yeah, or... well, uh, my advice would be um, if they know Swedish, then just Google uh, golf plugin. It's a, it's a golf site that's on, on the domain of Expressor, which is a leading newspaper in Sweden. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys can check that out. Golf blogging on Expressin. Martin Hardenberger. I also noticed your Instagram handle is just Hardenberger, which reminded me uh, very much of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a show called Breaking Bad, Martin, but it reminded me of Heisenberg. Uh, just, <laughs> but uh, obviously, uh, you're, you're much nicer than Walter White and Heisenberg. So uh, appreciate you <laughs> appreciate you spending some time with us, Martin. And uh, I know we'll be catching up soon. I hope we keep in touch. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Martin. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Appreciate Martin coming on the show. A lot of fun to catch up with him, but especially since he was at the Ryder Cup in person and has also been covering many of the European players for Expressen in Sweden. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed that. We're going to jump right into a conversation with another good friend of mine, Richard Sheridan, who is now teaching at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. And I haven't known Richard as long, but I've gotten to know him fairly well since he's been at the club. And he's come to us from a number of different places across the globe, which he will touch on. So we'll get right into it. Um. Yeah, how you doing? Doing great. I uh, appreciate you, you joining us. I got my buddy Kevin Noto here. Hi, uh, Richard. Hi, Moni. How are you doing? 
Good things. We are just uh, sulking in the sorrows of uh, Ryder Cup defeat. Yep. And uh, <laughs> thought it would be appropriate that we connected with you. Uh, obviously, Perfect. you've got some ties to Europe. Um, maybe it'd be, it'd be great if you could just kind of uh, tell us, to, like, give us a, a 30 to 60 second uh, synopsis of who you are, what you do, and um, where you come from. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my name is Richard Sheridan, 41 years old, sadly, and a <laughs> golf professional from England. I've been in San Francisco for 11 months now at the Olympic Club. Great club to work at, really enjoying it. Uh, previously worked for the St. Andrews Links Trust for three years before that. And then before that, uh, through my travels, um, coached for the Chinese Olympic team. And then uh, I was in Australia before that. And then also for the Butch Harmon School as senior instructor before that. So I've kind of done a lap around the globe and ended up here finally. How about that? That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, given that you've been a, a number of places around the globe, what do you think the biggest difference is between golf in America and the way that we train people um, or approach the game and golf probably more specifically in Europe. Is there a difference? Is there anything noticeable that you could share? Well, I mean, everyone in, in Europe wants to come to America to get into the college system because I think that is the best, that's probably the best route to the tour, I believe. So, you know, all the guys that, that I know, uh, but certainly my era that have done well in, in world golf have definitely come through that system. If you look at Luke Donald and Paul Casey and those guys. Sure. So, mm -hmm. And I was asked that question, you know, when I, took, when I got the job here, I was asked, you know, why do you want to come to America? And I was really felt that in terms of golf, every, you guys have everything, you know, at the top of the level, whether it's, you know, the college system, whether it's the courses, the facilities, the coaches, it all seems to be at the highest level. So for, for me, it's kind of the pinnacle of, the, the, America offers the sort of the pinnacle of everything in golf. Yeah. So why do you think that we can't beat you guys in the Ryder Cup? <laughs> wow, that's another that's another that's another story, isn't it? I believe I think just to think that the Europeans want it more than you guys. Whether you whether you because you play the Presidents Cup, whether that's an influence having to play that same sort of same format every year, whether it kind of takes away from the event. Yeah. I also believe that the preparation from the Europeans was better. If you listen to what Thomas was saying, how the guys would practice in their pairs. In months leading up to the tournament, how they prepared the golf course, um, how there's, a, I think, a, lip, a much closer group of players, a real tightness amongst the guys, yeah, really willing to work for each other. And um, I think that, you know, just their preparation and just the way they're a team really sort of stands out. Yeah, that seems to be sort of a common thread amongst people we've talked to. Um, mm -hmm. It's rather sad that we can't get a team together. I don't know, Kevin. I just... <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. Looking from the outside, it kind of looks like there's a couple of guys that might upset the apple cart, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, having seen some of the press reports yesterday. Oh, my gosh. So I, I know. <laughs> unbelievable. I'm sure we were, you're talking about Patrick Reed in particular, which... Uh, what an idiot. <laughs> like, and just to... Well, just a jerk. Yeah. Like I don't. I know things get taken out of context in the media, and I don't know. It probably he didn't probably say it in as an inflammatory way as it might have come out. But like 
even so, it's not... He's well, throwing people under the bus. Totally. I mean, even Jordan, even his own teammates. If if you want to be a little harsh on the captain, I don't agree with it, but I guess Phil did it in 14. But like, whatever, there's president for that. But then he just starts throwing people under the bus. So there's no good way to take that, even if he didn't mean it in a bad way. You're telling people, you're telling the media that certain people don't want to play with other people and you can't believe that this didn't happen. It's just, it's yeah. just a bad look and it just fractures the team further moving I forward. I mean, the guy was playing with Tiger Woods. What more motivation do you need? <laughs> that, that, he, played, he played terrible. That, that, so. That's exactly what I was saying to Kevin just a little <laughs> bit ago. It's like, okay, yeah, you didn't get to play with Jordan Spieth. Boo-hoo. You only got to play with the best player in the history of the game. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. It's so weird. Um, and it's not like, I know Tiger didn't have his you know best form or anything, but he, he wasn't that bad. Um, he wasn't zero four bad. Yeah. No, I mean he he was, but he wasn't right. Yeah. Like he he ran up against the buzzsaw. You got yeah Fleetwood and Molinari, uh, arguably the two best ball strikers on the European team on a course that heavily rewarded accurate driving, um, and obviously solid iron play as well. But um, and then on top of that, they made all the putts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't. know. It was very perplexing, Richard. I didn't I didn't quite understand it and. So, so my my solution, Richard, is that uh, you know how in recent years the both the European and American teams have switched to a format which enables the captains to have more control over who gets on the team. Sure. And and my solution is to take that a step further and give them one uh, cut choice uh, of people that have automatically qualified for the team. They can say, wow. "No, you're not on the team." Uh, okay. Interesting. Uh, that's probably not going to happen, but I don't know. I would. I bet if you polled the American team, I bet they would have voted yes for that. Yeah, probably at least the next twelve years they'll. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I man. mean, for me, it's just a great event, though. I mean, uh, having, you know, the golf in France is not. Um, not, it's not a huge sport in France by any means, and they really don't have a lot of golf courses. So I think one of the promises on the back of the Ryder Cup was to build 90 new golf courses in France. Whoa. And so for me, it's a great success. That venue is fantastic. Yes, I would um, agree with that. The crowds were great. Yep. And the first tee atmosphere was pretty, pretty unique with that, you know, sort of that, um, that those sort of, I don't know what they were, Viking chants. They were pretty, that was pretty intimidating. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm, so some of my family went to the event and they had a great time and that you know they were wandering around in French berets and you know it was it was a good, <laughs> good weekend. Yeah. Now I'm I tell you what it's it's only about a hundred years away but I'm looking forward to when the Ryder Cup comes to the Olympic <laughs> Club. Yes, I will. I'll personally will you to the first tee if you like. <laughs> please, please, thank you. Yes, I, I'll. I might need a walker, uh, but yeah, that would be very much appreciated. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. I can just you know you you see it uh, over the weekend and then you kind of picture it at your yeah you know, at the club there and uh, yeah I'm sure they'll do quite a bit around that first tee and then also I'm just thinking about like having the you know I, I was there uh, in 2012 at the U.S. Open at Olympic Club and and that hillside on the the side of the eighth green um, overlooking the clubhouse was quite the spectacle. So um, I'm sure that'll be a, a neat uh, neat venue for for the galleries as well. But, yes, yes, it's and, great. And, and, and 18, for that matter, is yeah, 18. yeah, certainly will be uh, hopefully 
some some uh, drama there and uh, a great amphitheater green there as well. So that'll that'll be cool. But like I say, we'll be lucky to be alive uh, when that comes around. Because <laughs> when is it? Uh, it? Isn't it 2032? I think. It is. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, okay. it's 14 years away. And the PGA so. is in 2028, I think. Yeah, and we had the Women's Open in 21. Yes. So there's there's some stuff in between, and also with the events at Harding as well, which will which will be quite good. Mm-hmm. Yes, <clears throat> 20, 2020 PGA, if I'm not mistaken, and the 2025 President's Cup, I think. Yes, so yeah. we're quite busy. We've got quite a busy schedule over the next uh, 14 years. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good schedule for sure. Um, all right, Richard. Since we got you, uh, we don't have much time. Uh, I wanted to take a little step away, maybe away from the Ryder Cup briefly, and as an instructor who's traveled the world, taught a lot of different people of varying abilities. Uh, two things. I want your your number one piece of advice for beginning players, and then after okay. and then after that, I want your number one piece of advice for aspiring, uh, you know, kind of adolescent to college players who are looking to to take a serious run at competitive golf. So, My number one piece of advice for beginning players is to be stable. So, I guess if you look at the range on a Saturday morning, everyone's trying to hit the golf ball out of their skin and they have no control over their body or the golf club or the golf ball. So I, I think stability is the number one factor um, for people that are starting off. Yeah. Learn to have control before you add speed. And then for guys that are you know looking to, to make it, there's, I guess, two words. is work harder because however hard you think you're working, you need to work probably 10 times harder than what you actually think. And that come, comes from, I guess, <clears throat> yourself, Brian, and myself. You know, growing up and you know, think we could make it, maybe, or think we could actually have a chance to be a, to- a touring professional. The reality is, only a few guys make it, and the sacrifice you need to make and the amount of effort you need to make are, are way beyond what you think. So, I, just work harder. I I think that's very astute, Richard. I mean, it's. You're absolutely right, because like if I look back on my own career, and I'm sure Kevin Kevin's a, a very uh, established amateur player, and and you know, I, yeah, we we probably could both agree that like just work harder, like take I don't know, what do you think, Kev? Yeah, work smarter too. I, yeah. I used to sit there and I'd hit, you know, three or four larges every day during the summer when I didn't have school, but that's that's all I'd do. Yeah, there was very little time put in. Uh, at the putting green and no time put in at the chipping green. Or, yeah, you know, right. The short game silly. So, I I worked hard at what I wanted to work on, but not maybe what I should have worked on. Well, yeah, so it, it was. I don't know. You you did what was like came came off as like fun for you. Yeah. Right? You enjoyed hitting balls, and that's what you did. And if I think to Richard's point, you have to do the stuff that maybe seems hard or is is not, not maybe fun. quite yeah. as enjoyable. You could still you know you, you need to work hard to make that enjoyable. Um, and, and not in order to treat it like a professional. Yeah, exactly. Is that you think that's that's fair, Richard? Am I? I'd agree. I'd agree. Yeah, I think you know the modern pro now. You know, it's like a business, isn't it? So you you get out what you put in, whether that's working with good fitness people or whatever psychologists or good coaches. You have to you have to invest in this business to yep. get the rewards. Yeah. So I agree. I agree with work hard. I agree with work smarter. When I was growing up, you know, physical fitness was frowned upon. It was we were always told that, you know, getting strong was, you know, not good for your golf. So I, I really wish I could have my 
teen years again and uh, and kind of know what these guys know now they're you know you, there's as you can see there's a huge crop of talent now coming through yeah because i think people know have they have more of an idea of what to do um yes. and the effort required but i think you know some people still don't work hard enough or smart enough yeah yep. no i think that's 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 good advice richard i think that makes a lot i mean and, and to your point there's a lot of people out there that a lot of a lot of kids college kids that think they are working hard and they're not even sniffing what they need to do. Like they're, yep. they're, they're not even close. Um, and sure. I think that's the point that you're, you're, you're trying to bring up, which is I think a very, a very good point. And hopefully uh, somebody out there, here's this, you know, yeah. somebody other than my mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, um, maybe my other piece of advice is, you know, obviously just be nice to people because you, you never know who you're going to meet in this game. This, made some fantastic connections through golf over the years so always be nice to people because you never know who you're going to meet um and you never know how these people are going to help you so 100 percent, i could not agree with that more i often think that anything good that's ever happened in my life has come from golf so um at, w at one level or another so um i can definitely second that yeah so awesome uh excellent what's that no, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Uh, Richard, I don't want to keep you long because I know you've got a busy schedule today and you probably got a couple more things to do, but uh, any any parting thoughts or thoughts maybe about the PGA Tour season ahead? Maybe one, one prediction for the 2018-2019 PGA Tour season before we let you go? Um, uh, from a European standpoint, I'd like to see Fleetwood pick up a major. Mm, I like I that. Think about his time. Um, um, and I'm well. I'm, I guess like the rest of the world, I'd really like to see Tiger win one more as well next year. Because I think last, uh, not not the Ryder Cup, the week before was amazing for golf and just the atmosphere and the buzz it creates. If we if we can get um, Tiger to pick up one more, I think it'd be fantastic. All right. So if Tiger and Fleetwood are in the final group at Augusta in April, yes. Who are you pulling for? Tiger. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> His allegiances Absolutely. have been defined. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sure that might have been slightly Sorry. different in the Ryder Cup, but that's okay. I'm half American now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I love hearing that, Richard. Awesome. Uh, well, okay. I really appreciate you coming on, Richard. I know you, you're quite busy, and uh, so we appreciate the time, and uh, maybe we'll catch up down the road. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. Thanks, Richard. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chinese. Awesome. So that was a couple of great conversations, Kevin. Um, what did you think? What did you kind of take away from the conversations we had with Richard and, and Martin? Um, it's interesting. Um, I mean, you can tell. It's almost like they expected it in a weird way. Like, I think as the, you know, obviously Americans and U.S. fans, we were like, I was so blinded to the possibility of the United States losing. Like... It didn't even right. cross my mind. Yes. Um, it was more about how much we're we going to win by and who's going to play well and, and all this. And then we go out and we got stomped out bad. Like, you know, just it, we punched in the face, right? I guess the Friday morning we looked okay, but Friday afternoon they just took our soul. And um, I didn't expect it, but it seemed like they did and they kind of understand what it's about and this whole team atmosphere and togetherness, like, 
I'm not going to lie. I've never really bought into it. Um, I don't understand why in football, the home team, if you're at home, you, the Vegas just adds three points to your, you know, score. Like it's a three point advantage. I don't understand why basketball, it's like an eight point difference between home and away, but it's it just thing. is. Yeah. And I don't know why. And it bothers me that it is because I feel like they're pros. They've dealt with immense pressure being on different soil. Course setup makes sense to me, but that's the only thing, but it's not. There's this whole team aspect that I underrate in the Ryder Cup. I just, I must underrate it, you know? It's just, it's not really tangible, so it's hard to, like, put your finger on, like, what about being at home? Like, I guess there's the aspect of, like, you're just, I mean, but in the Ryder Cup, you're not even in your own bed, right? You're, like, still at a hotel. Like, there's there was literally not one French person on the team. I was going to say, or, the, in, your, in Europe, it's like, we're at least all playing for one country. Yeah. They're they're kind of like, some of their countries might not even like each other that much, you know? <laughs> well, like I mean, certainly the French and the English have long yeah. had a, a so history it's, of it's rivalries. It's like this thing of, like, I don't understand it, but it, it's real. Like, yes. It's very, very real. And yes, I don't know. Because, like, I'm of the belief, I'm of, like, Hell Sutton belief, back when you paired Tiger and Phil together. Like, <laughs> this is going to be an unstoppable uh, group, because they're the two best golfers in the world. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then they're just awful. And everyone knew they were going to be awful, <laughs> except me and Hal. And it's like, <laughs> yes. and I just don't understand it. But um, they get it, and it seems like it's just in, I don't know, they just get it more. Yeah. I, if you're from across the pond, you get it more, and I don't get it. And both of our guests today are definitely from cross the pond and they understand and they kind of seem like they didn't expect it but they thought it was a possibility for them to squeak one out it it's kind of like the the old saying if you don't know you don't know <laughs> it's yeah. like and we just don't know i don't yeah i don't i don't know i can like, tell you that i have i didn't know i don't know i doubt i'll know by next Ryder cup yeah. too but maybe i will i don't know at least we'll be on home soil so we theoretically should have a better chance um, yeah oh they were just a Cool thing I saw on uh, Golf Channel um, this morning. Ryder Cup captains. They're saying uh, Stricker would make a good one in Wisconsin. Oh, I think. Home state. seems That seems like a slam dunk. Yeah, someone else was talking about Justin Leonard, too. But I'm like, no. If, like, Wisconsin. Stricker. It's gotta, like it their has to be Stricker. Yeah, Wisconsinians. Yeah, it's like, if you have the advantage of Getting a home state captain? Do it. Do it. So much pressure, though, if you're a captain. Yeah, I know. I but, know. I mean, captains always get a lot of and blame. And he's still playing, too. It's like he has a good relationship with all these guys. It would, it would be a perfect yeah, fit. So. I, I agree. That would be great. I would be all for that. Yeah. Spe- speaking of captains, did you know who's, sele- who's currently slated to be the captain for the President's Cup next year? For the President? U- U.S. President's Cup captain. Jack Nicholas? No, I have no idea. Tiger. What? Yeah. Why? I, I I saw that the other day, and I Why? I guess that, that had been announced before, but I wasn't totally aware of that. And I'm like, wow. That can't happen, right? I think, dude, he's going to be the first playing captain. Like, no question about it. He will be playing yeah. in that rider, or in that President's Cup. He's and, probably already qualified. And, I, yeah. Uh, he's like, he, well, he's like on the, I think he was like eight or ninth in the current standings. But he'll be, he'll be on the team. Where is it? Uh, that's a good question. I forget. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I yeah. think it's... Is it in the States? I can't remember. A- I anyways, know. I thought that was interesting. That is um, very interesting. All right. Uh, let's do a quick segue. Um, speaking of Tiger and uh, 
next year, PGA Tour season. It's, it's, it's as quickly as it's finished, it's already started again. I can't believe it. There's literally no off season. Uh, we've got the first event of the season, the Safeway.com uh, Open, and all of these players are very lucky that I didn't qualify for this event I agree. Uh, a week and a half ago or whenever that was. Um, very, very lucky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, who are your picks? Because so I, I want to keep track of picks this year. We talked about it a little bit last year. I think that we should keep a running tally. Uh huh. Then. And it should, it should be just like golf. Lowest score wins, and you pick one winner and one loser every week, and your number of spots from the top and number of spots from the bottom. Perfect. That, you tally those up every week, and that's your running score. Yep. So, all right. First pick, um, we're going to pick our winners for the tournament. Who, who do you have? Are we having any criteria for picking winners? You mean criteria? Explain like, yourself. Like, is there anyone that's off, like off limits? It's out of bounds. No, I don't like, think like uh, too too favored or like so not off the wall enough. For, I like, would say you cannot pick the same person more than twice. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to keep track of okay, that. Okay, we'll but, keep track. Yeah. Um, yeah. That way you can't just go out and run out Tiger Woods every week and you know he's going to top 10 and mm-hmm. then you just will win it, you know? Right. I think that's that makes perfect yeah. sense. Okay. Um, winners. Yes. I mean, I've been talking about them for a couple weeks now. I, I actually refer to this tournament as uh, Grillo's tournament. So I got <laughs> Emiliano Grillo to win. Um, wow. And I shouldn't refer to it because looking at the last two years... Uh, Brendan Steele won in, I guess, technically the 2017 season and defended in the 2018. So, uh, back-to-back wins for him, but I think Grillo, I don't know. I just, I, I associate Safeway with Grillo. So, there it is. So, there it is. Okay. All right. My winner this week, I'm going to go with somebody that played very, very consistently throughout the course of the year and has had a nice little break. Uh, over the last week since uh, since the Tour Championship finished. I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. That's nice. He's my winner. I think, I think that's a good pick. West Coast guy. I could pick him every week and feel okay about myself. Yeah, I think you, you probably could, right? Yeah. Um, okay, now this is where it gets hard because especially in these first uh, first weeks of the season, it's a little bit tricky to figure out who who you want to pick, given that there's so many kind of fresh faces and people that maybe we're not as familiar with in this tournament. Uh, any any names that are jumping out at you? For last place? Yes. I mean, I'm looking for Bowditch. I don't... Jeez, <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who's the other guy? Smiley Coffin last year. Couldn't make a cut for his life. Um, he's not on here either. I'm going to say J.J. Henry. Wow, JJ Henry, you're my last place, JJ. Don't let me down. Okay, man. Um, last place for me. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, 
Sepp Straka. I have no idea who he is. He might He's have had crushed. he might have had the best year on the European Tour last year, and I just didn't wasn't aware of him. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Sepp. I've never heard of you, and I'm going to take a flyer that you're going to struggle this week. But uh, yeah, this tournament's fun. It's I feel like it's the most open tournament, like wide open. Anyone could win of the year. Yeah, um, you kind of see it all. So you see rookies come up and play out of their mind. And then some some of them, you never hear from them again. And then um, you see a bunch of... Because it's, it's one of those fields that pulls very few of the top 20 golfers, you know, in the world. Um, I think Phil and might be the only... He's not top 20, but, like, Phil might be the only big, big name here. Yeah. Um, Brent Snedeker, I guess. But um, who would I like to see do good? I want Segmund Bay to play good. Ooh, uh, that's a pick I'm going to be using this year. That would be that would be fun and just a good feel good story. Um, the other one I'll be watching is Cameron Champ. So, um, yeah, they say he hits it significantly further than anyone, which I'm excited about because we got a bunch of these guys that bomb it, but no one's bombed it bombed it by people like Tiger used to do, where it's like he hits it 35 by people and there's yeah. nothing they can do about it. So. I'm interested if that still exists, you know? Like, yeah. in my mind, I didn't think that existed still. I yeah. thought technology had closed the gap so much that no one was going to hit it that much further by anyone anymore. Yeah. But I guess we'll see. We'll see, yeah. I'm interested to see. Because yeah. if, if he plays with Roy or something down, like, you know, whatever, in April yeah. or May, he's and he's hitting it, like, 40 by him, that'll be fun. That would be fun. And I think it might change the game again, where people will start chasing more distance. If he scary. wins once or twice and like yeah. makes the course child's play, it'll be interesting. So that will be. Yeah. Cool. Well, the there's our picks, and uh, it's been a heck of a season. It's been kind of fun, kind of getting this podcast Tiger started. Tiger got a win. He got a in, in the 2018 PGA Tour season. He, he so. did. He did. Yeah. Um, and we never even talked about it, but I, I owe you lunch for Thorburn. Huh? Yeah. We. I got let down. Bjorn yep. played awesome. Thomas Bjorn lets you know. He, he, his own countryman him. didn't even play didn't him. Play him. Anyways, I'm he a had little points bit... to spare too. He know? did. Run him he... out there. You won by seven. <laughs> Run him out there. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, it was a great season. We had a lot of fun getting it started, and we'll just kind of keep getting better. And looking forward to having a fun 2019 PGA Tour season. So, yeah. thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. See you guys. sitting here in front of you guys talking just hanging out here